Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Dr. R.A. Vernon TV. If this is your first time with me, honored to have you, man. Thank you for hanging out with us. Those of you who are regulars, man, I'm glad to have you back. Thank you for your support. I need you sharing this. I need you commenting. Come on, we're family. We're doing this thing together. I'm enjoying what we call our Bible cast. It's like a podcast slash Bible study, you know, just talking about things that are relevant, but yet biblically undergird. It's not your typical Bible study because I'm going some places. Last time we were together, we were talking about this whole idea of marriage and singleness and sexuality. And I just didn't finish. That's okay. If neither one of us go to heaven, let's just show up each week and keep talking. You got your Bible? Let's get 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 7. We'll sort of use that as a backdrop this week. Again, it's not a Bible study, but I am using the Bible. It is me sharing my heart and letting the scripture undergird it. I don't want to say anything that's ungodly, unbiblical. At the same time, you know, it's different. The world has changed. And I just want to have conversations. I do. I feel like I've hung around long enough that I just want to have conversations about things. And not just theologically, you'll love this, but experientially helping you. Okay? Because we have this issue of 2,000 years of distance between what, what the Scripture says and what life is now. So even though the principles still are the same— we got to give some relevance. The word nation has heard me say this a thousand times, whatever else good teaching and preaching is, it is building a bridge from antiquity to modernity. What does it mean to me now? Tell me what the text meant, but tell me what does it mean to me now? First Corinthians 7 to me is sort of the Magna Carta of uh, relationships to me in New Testament in terms of how we flow the Apostle Paul guides us, but uh, let's see if we can give some relevance to this. 1 Corinthians 7, last time we were together, we read this to you. I want to read it again. 1 Corinthians 7, verses 3 and 4, the husband should fulfill his wife's sexual needs and the wife should fulfill her husband's needs. The wife gives authority over her body to her husband, and the husband gives authority over his body to his wife. I didn't go here last time. The wife should uh, fulfill her husband's sexual needs, but what if his sexual needs are totally perverted? <laughs> what, what if he need a lot based on who he was with before you? You know, what, what if she needs a lot based on some things she shouldn't have tried, some college stuff? Her first husband, yeah, uh, his first baby's mother. Oh, you didn't know we was going here this fast, did you? No. See, Paul is not assuming, and who teaches this? Paul is not assuming that your wife had 10 bras before you. <laughs> he, he's not assuming that your husband watches pornography on a daily, that Instagram is where you live and so you're swiping and that you've watched so much pornea, pornography and sexual deviance, can't nobody meet all them needs? So again, right away you see what I mean by the issue with biblical texts is 2,000 years of distance, right? So, you know, if we were in seminary, we be talking about 
you know, uh, source criticism and redaction criticism and biblical criticism and cultural criticism. Now, come on, you're going to hang with me. You're going to see how I think and how I flow. These criticisms help you to arrive at what the text means now. So again, has anybody ever said this to you in church or have you ever seen this on any podcast, Bible cast? He says that a wife should meet her husband's needs. What if I can't meet all those needs based on what you had before me? So here's what I think we should say. I'm supposed to make every effort to please you to the best of my ability, but you're going to have to work with me because the more you see, the more you're going to want and sometimes I can't match the intensity of your sexuality. Hence, you bust a move on me. Yeah, I said what I said. You bust a move on me. And now there's adultery because the pastor, the preacher, no one's told you that there has to be some rinsing. There may, there may, there may be some necessary therapy, even a sexual counselor or therapist. Uh, yeah, some some real conversation which most couples don't have before they say I do. And so now all of a sudden we have an issue. We don't talk about what my sexual needs are and how much I need. Let's go here. Or how much I don't need. Now there lies another issue where sex becomes a job for me because I'm just not that interested. He always want to jump on me or let's get in the bed. I'm laying there. Now he's bored Cause you just there, but not interested. And that's not a turn on to a bra. So it's like, she's just a statue. We going here. It's a Bible cast. Now all of a sudden he'd rather watch this, go watch some stuff upstairs, satisfy his own self because there's more excitement in a click than laying there with you. That's not cool. And nobody's talking about it until it falls on my shoulders as the pastor who's heard all these stories and more because nobody wants to be honest. Singles, are you watching? This is why I'm telling you that the second half of my ministry, I wrote two books already, but I'm going to really lean in to pre-counseling, pre-marital. Don't turn off if you're married. Oh, we're going to get through this. We're going to talk about over the next few Bible casts, we're going to work through what to do if the reality is menage a trois, 10 girls before me. This guy was just better in the bed than my husband is now. All kind of stuff I've heard, and now we got problems, and the church don't know what to do with this. We can't talk about it on Sunday. You don't know who to talk to, and so we got problems. No, this is going to be the place. Are you commenting already? I need you sharing this like, oh, girl, I didn't know he was coming like this. This is not your granddaddy's Bible study. No, it's not. This is Dr. Vernon giving you straight stuff. I'm going to help you. We're going to build this bridge. I'm serious. From antiquity to modernity, tell me what the text meant. But now what does it mean to me? And we have a right, not just a right. Come on, guys. I need some thinking people. We have an obligation to reinterpret Paul in 21st century context, if we're going to be relevant. 
You can't trap Paul in the first century with 2,000 years of distance and get up and read on Sunday, husband, fulfill your wife's needs and wives, fulfill your husband's needs. And that's all the pastor said. That's what the word says. Are we going to talk about what his needs are? Are we going to really talk about what my husband's needs are or the person that might become my husband, which is why I'm telling you conversations need to be had. If you're single, you should be just put it up. Yeah, I'm saying it early. You should be dropping field. Yeah, you should be sending something to Artie Vernon Ministries because this right here might be the most valuable knowledge. My wife and I are crazy. You say something to change our lives, we take our checkbook out. That's just how we build Axer, you give me a life-changing word. Somebody gave me five minutes of information that helped our church go to another level financially. I wrote a check on the spot and said, you know what? Thank you. So I'm, I'm telling you, this knowledge, particularly if you're single, may be the best knowledge you're going to get. But if you're married, stick with me. So let's, let's work. Let's work. Let's work. Come on. Get pencils out. Come on. Let's take some notes. Married and single. I'm going to touch everybody. Why? First and foremost... Some couples need to have a new discussion on what your needs are because the scripture says I'm supposed to fulfill your needs and I need to know what your needs are. What are your current needs? Not the ones when we hooked up. What didn't you tell me? Do I have the capability to meet your needs? Let's go here. Do I have the body to meet your needs or have you now Googled so many that that I, I can't meet your needs because I ain't got what you need. Let, let's talk. <laughs> let's talk. It's our reality. If I'm single and I'm serious, and by the way, saints, come on, word nation, you know this, saints don't play date. No, saints date on assignment. Yeah, saints date on a mission. I'm not play dating. I've done that already. I got a little daughter. I got two sons. I've been married before. I've had a husband before you. I've had a wife before you. I'm not playing. I'm looking for my spouse and I don't want to get divorced again or I don't want to ever get divorced. So let's talk. What do you need sexually? It's not a pleasant conversation. Wish both of us were virgins, but we're not. And that's going to be real. Not just how much money we got, not just what vanilla suburb we choose to live in, thinking that we, we got it going on, not even just what church we go to. One of the most major things we're going to have to deal with is what do you need? Yeah, talk about that. That's in my book, 10 Rules of Dating. Have those discussions is real, all right? So one more time, the husband should fulfill his wife's sexual needs and the wife should fulfill hers. The wife gives authority over her body to her husband and the husband gives authority over, yeah, his body to his wife. I, I really mean it. You've heard me teach this. I just don't believe in sex games. That's not taken away from your individuality. That does not mean I can just come and rape you and that you have no sense of, self, uh, like your mind, like some sort of, no, I don't own you. You still have your own individuality. But the teaching here is I shouldn't have to beg for lovemaking because technically your body belongs to me and mine belongs to you. And we should honor that and not play sex games. Okay. All things being equal. If I see my husband tripping sexually, 
I need to try to satisfy that. I'm going further. He's getting ready to leave. You straight for you? You know, you good? You want to do, you know, I'm living this out. I'm just telling you how we roll. It keeps me out of stuff. It's like, you know, your spouse's clock for the most part. You get a sense of your spouse's clock. It's been a couple of days. Okay. Yeah. Let me make sure, you know, these are real things again, that church people kind of like, and then it lands in my lap, you know, from pastors to parishioners. I told you. A lot of pastors call me dad. So I'm walking with sons and daughters across the country. These conversations weren't had and then something happens, then I got to try to get them back together. I'd rather, I'd rather have these pre-discussions and couples go talk and singles, as you get serious about somebody, have this talk. Here it is again, verse five, do not deprive each other of sexual relations unless you both agree to refrain from sexual intimacy for a limited time so you can give yourselves, people sleep on this, completely to prayer, which means really the only time that we should not be making love for an extended period is because we both chasing God more. And that's cool in the game in terms of fasting or consecration. It's like, baby, let's decide to chase God because our daughter tripping. Let's decide to chase God because we're trying to come out of debt. Let's decide to chase, to chase God because I'm feeling some distance with him. And so let's just pray and let's take a couple of days. What you think? Three, four days. Maybe Sunday night we'll make love. But let's take this whole week. Let's pray together. Let's read and let's just sort of fast and pray. That's cool. And then the scripture clearly says, come back together. Okay. 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 So that's, that's married people. I'm jumping back and forth. This is for everybody, but everybody peek in from a peripheral because it's going to bless your life. Here it is. Watch this. Here it is in verse seven, but I wish everyone was single just as I am, but God gives to some the gift of marriage. Here it is. And to others, I taught this before the gift of singleness. I got to say this because people keep missing it. Marriage is a gift. Singleness is a gift. The scripture calls both a gift. They both have their advantages and disadvantages. And Paul wants to argue that. I say to everyone, I wish you was just like me. Look at Paul talking personally. I wish you could hang on like me. Why? Because then, of course, he begins to give some of the benefits of singleness. Verse eight, here it is. Come on, come on. It's Bible. It's Bible cast. It's not just podcast. I ain't just talking stuff for an hour entertaining you. But yet, you'll laugh. You'll have some fun. But let's let it be biblically undergirded. I'm a pastor, not an entertainer. I want you to get this. So I say to those who aren't married into widows, it's better to stay unmarried just as I am. Now, that's clear. Paul says, if, you're, if, you, if your spouse died, if your husband died, I always talk about my mother in love, and we trip on this all the time. Can you believe my wife is now the age that her mother was when my daddy in love died? Trip on that. Yeah, she's the same age he was, and I thought he was old, man. And I look now at how young my mother-in-law was uh, when her husband died. From that day to now, not another man has touched her. I don't know. There may be some widows watching. I want this Bible cast to be for everybody. I look now. She was in her early 50s. I mean, come on. Now, she wasn't dead by a long shot. Used to making love to a man. Not a man has touched her since then. She has not kissed a man. That's over 30 years now, which trips me out. Okay, why? She sort of had that gift not to do it. And bros was coming at her. I, I look back now, pastors was coming at her. Some of his friends were supposed, whatever, you know, 
I want to, I want to swing on one of them. You gonna wait for me? Don't be laughing. I mean, no, no good, dirty. You waiting for him to? You probably always liked up. Stop laughing. But bros was coming at her. It reminds me of a joke I tell whenever I do Dr. King Day. Can you imagine Coretta Scott King and uh, bros walking up on her? Hey, Coretta, sorry about Dr. King. You know, he was a beautiful brother, but you know, sister still need a little love. Can't you hear Coretta saying, do you have a dream? <laughs> yeah, get you a Nobel Peace Prize and a PhD and come holler at your girl. That's for free. Let's go. So watch this. This is good, everybody. So watch what he says. I want you to be free from the concerns of this life. An unmarried man, this is important, can spend his time doing the Lord's work and thinking how to please him. I got to pause because I said this in about 50 cities as I was on tour and post pandemic, I want to say it again. If you're single watching this and believing God to be married, particularly men and women, men kind of control their own destiny. I said this last podcast, last Bible cast, I'm not moving from it. Most single men, let your son watch this, divorced brothers, whoever, grown men, you kind of control your own destiny. And I mean that. If you want to be married in a year, most men watching me can pick one of these beautiful black women who love Jesus and want a husband and be married by this time next year. Just about every man watching me controls his own destiny more than most women who are waiting to be asked and there's not as many available men to marry. So particularly men, but every single person watching, you may enter a new season because marriage is a new season. It really is. And I said for years, and I want to say again, post-pandemic, don't, don't enter into a new season having not maximized this one. Because marriage is a new season. Anybody will tell you. You step into marriage, you got a whole, a whole other thing going on in terms of your concern for others, selflessness, vis-a-vis selfishness, right? So here it is. Now you're married and you look back and say, I should have finished that degree. I should have paid this house off. It was nobody but me. And more than anything, according to scripture, I should have killed it for the kingdom. The scripture is clear. Paul says, if you're single, I'm trying to get people, look at me. Let me help you if you're single. Let me help you if you're divorced. Let me help you if you're happily married. Your status should not dictate your spirituality. Your status should not dictate your love for Jesus. Your status does not dictate your joy and happiness. No, it has to be bigger than who you're sleeping with. Stop tripping. I know some singles, and you do too. All they talk about is who they don't have. I know some single girls. It's like life don't begin to somebody in the bed with them until they meet Mr. Wonderful. Girl, please, my brother, please, Jesus is wonderful every day. It's money to be made. It's souls to be saved. It's, it's ministry to do. And Paul is clear, maximize. Thank you, Bishop Jakes. Maximize this moment. So Paul says, if you're married, all of a sudden your priorities shift. 
They shift in a major way. I'm going someplace. This is going to get gooder and gooder. So do not log off. I need you commenting. I need you sharing. If you're single, I need you commenting like, yes, pastor. If you are married, you can identify about the benefits and blessings of being married. But absolutely, you got to think about somebody else. I used to say all the time, you know how much money I would have if the people didn't live in my house? called Lady Vernon and them five kids, even the grown ones, because they get off your lap, but they never get off your heart and they certainly don't ever get out your pocket. So I know what I'm talking about. So look what Paul says in verse 32. I want you to be free from the concerns of this life. An unmarried man can spend his time doing the Lord's work and thinking how to please him. I had a little single season. You know, I fell in love with Jesus at 15. I didn't get married until about 27. So you had a nice little decade of killing it for the kingdom. Put me in the Hall of Fame. Somebody watching from First Community Baptist Church. I'm in the Hall of Fame down there on 71st and Wade Park here in Cleveland, Ohio. Come on now. Y'all got to put me in the Hall of Fame of the ministry. I was there from 15 until I got called to pastor, opening up every Sunday, first one there, last one to leave, junior deacon, deacon. If my pastor was in a meeting, I sat and waited till he left, closed up the gate, put the lock on it, make sure he rolled off. I was over the teens, over the kids. I mean, that's what I did, junior deacon. All right, Sunday school teacher, a Christian education committee, even in the choir and can't sing. I was killing it. It was nobody And people ask me, how did you stay away from sexual stuff? I was too tired. I was getting my money and getting my ministry. All right. And and I look back, I value that season of my life. Okay, I, I like being married, but I think back, that was a time to kill it. Some of you are not killing it enough. You're not supporting your pastor enough. You should be living at the church, making your money, going to the church, making your money, going to the church. Kill it for the kingdom. Why? Because seasons change. In this season, this is your season to take advantage of that. Watch this. Verses 34, 33 and 34. I got something to tell you. Do not log off. I won't be all day, but you got to see this. Watch this. But a married man has to think about his earthly responsibilities and how to please his wife. His interests are divided. In the same way, a woman who is no longer married or has never been married can be devoted to the Lord and holy in body and in spirit. But a married woman has to think about her earthly responsibilities and how to please her husband. I'm needy. I'm needy. I I didn't realize or I'm realizing more. I'm needy. Yeah, I'll pull on that girl. And some of you bros can feel this. And know this before you get married. I'm needy. All y'all, I would love to have a husband like that. Girl, you don't want me. You, listen, I need what I need. Not just sex. I'm needy. I mean, I just, I need a lot from my woman. I do. I mean, I give a lot. I give a lot. She'll tell you. But I need what I need. And I'm not just talking about sex. I'm just needy. I just want her around me sometime. I, listen, baby, I just, I just need what I need. I mean, it's a lot. And then throw in our children, you know, who pulling on her. It's real. So those of you that got the nerve to be single with no children, and I said this in a previous Bible cast, I'm going to say it again. Other than sex, which is real, tell me how you're not winning as a single. Because you can get, you know, compatibility from mom. You can talk to your sisters and friends, saving nobody pulling on you. The sex thing is real. But don't let that 
drive you completely and you miss out on all the other benefits of being single. Okay, okay, here it is, here it is. Verse nine, I'm jumping back. I'm preaching backwards on purpose or I'm teaching backwards, whatever I'm doing backwards. Watch this, verse nine says, First Corinthians seven and I'm wrapping up. But if they can't manage their desires and emotions, they should by all means go ahead and get married. The difficulties of marriage are preferable by far to a sexually tortured life as a single. Now, I don't really like the message here, but I read it on purpose. A sexually tortured life. You grew up, it's better to marry than to burn. Eugene Peterson in the message version says, uh, it's preferable to get married than have a sexually tortured life. No, I don't think you're being tortured. I, I think that's a, a strained exegesis. See, I can disagree with Eugene Peterson. He got the same you know, you know, his own opinion of the text, like I have mine. No, because that's where we get in trouble. You're not tortured. You're not going to die. But he is saying, if you really like making love, if you've had a lot of sex in your life, if you find yourself thinking about it a lot, if you find yourself scrolling a lot, bruh, if you find yourself masturbating, come on, pick a girl who love Jesus, got everything you like. I'm talking right here a lot to bros watching. Give this to your son. Give this to somebody, some man who needs it because you don't get to be single and got all these sexual proclivities and needs. No, the Bible gives the answer, the recipe to how to handle that, get married. I'm not backing off of what I said the last time we were together and I'm closing. The reality is... For some, how long we been up, guys? How, how long we been up? All right, they told me I'm good. Let's roll for a minute. This is important. The reality is for some who are female is that no one is asking you to get married. Well, Pastor, can I ask somebody to marry me? I'm old-fashioned, but the Bible doesn't say you can't. Bible does not say a woman can't propose. I'm old school, of course. I believe a man should propose, but... You know, if you feel led to take your shot, you know, and he say yes, and it works out, nobody business but y'all's. But the reality is, this is important, there are many women watching this, I'm going to say what I said last time, and I want to free you, who want to be married, but no one's asking. That's who I want to minister to in a very real way and tell you, you not crazy you're not demonic. There's nothing wrong with you. When your body desires a touch of a man, when you feel a little sad sometimes because nobody's flirting with you, God loves you. God can see you. And in his time, some of you, the right person's going to come at you. But you got to wait. And in the meantime, no, don't, don't, don't give in to the sexual craziness. No, 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 no. Watch this. And if you are married, verse 10 and 11, I'm wrapping up. And if you are married, stay married. Now, I want to I touch some married couples. I'm jumping back and forth the next couple of weeks because I want married people watching. I want single people watching. I don't want to exclusively just touch one group because everybody's watching. So just be patient because there's some parts that are for you. And if you're single, one day you're going to wish you had this. And if you are married, stay married. Let me try that again. And if you are married, stay married. This is the master's command, not mine, the message version here. If a wife should leave her husband, she must either remain single or else come back and make things right with him. 
And a husband has no right to get rid of his wife. Okay, okay, okay. So we know the three A's we talk about. Adultery, abandonment, abuse. Those are the big three to me that you get a get out of marriage for free pass. Yeah, number one, Jesus said, except for adultery. So I tell people, be careful before you cheat because she can absolutely forgive you, which is preferable in many cases. Paul said in Ephesians 4, forgiving one another as God has forgiven you. So as a pastor, you know, one-time thing, just stupid, y'all drifted away from each other, didn't communicate. There's no excuse, by the way, for adultery. Please know there's no excuse. But there is a difference between weakness and wickedness. There's a difference between a one-time mess up and habitual creeping. Let's not pretend. And as a pastor, I don't don't come to the word. Don't come to the word playing around because I'm I'm not Reverend Buckwheat. I'm not, well, girl, give him another chance. No, 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 no. Let him go. Yeah, divorce him. He liked to play. He's not gonna stop. Yeah, yeah, let her let her go. Yeah, she no, she won't sleep with your friend and your and your brother and 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 your, you know, she nasty. Yeah, she nasty. And I'm not going to have a nasty wife and you shouldn't want one either. Let her go. See, I'm not being mean. I'm just telling you there's a difference. If, if you don't if you don't want me, divorce me so me can be free. Don't cheat on me. Matter of fact, if I ain't got the strength to divorce you, divorce me. Love me enough to say I ain't ever going to do right by you. And at some point, I don't want to just keep crushing your soul. So adultery in the sense of, for whatever the reason, he ain't enough. And you at work playing on the computer and talking to this guy at work, and no, 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 no. That breaks my heart. And none of us are perfect, but everybody have, you know, everybody has their stuff. I'm just so big on honoring my girl and, and my girl honoring me that way. And neither one of us are perfect, but we just thank God that we just sort of made a promise that whatever happened before we got together, since we've been together, which is a quarter century, you know, in my soul, I don't believe that she's done anything like that. And God knows I haven't. We honor each other. So adultery is a real reason to get up out of there. But now if they are sincerely sorry and you get, you get good counseling, but I want to be clear to every person watching, if you bust a move on your spouse, they got a right to leave you and remarry and be happy. They don't have to forgive you. Just consider that, young couples. Now, those of you that have already forgiven, don't be rehashing this based on this Bible cast. Dr. Vernon said, no, no, you already forgave him. Now, we're not going to go backwards. You're already working through that. It happened. We're working through that. We're not going to, no, let's don't go backwards because everybody needs God's grace. But I'm telling you, young couples and those that has never happened, clearly, you bust a move on me. I got a right to leave you and get me another wife and be happy. You ain't, want, you ain't want me. Abuse. Yeah, you kick me down the stairs. God probably doesn't mind me divorcing you. You, you know, you you throw me out the window. You know, you you hit me with stuff. I, and by the way, that goes both ways. All this, because you can abuse a man. You know, you slapping them because you got mama issues and daddy issues and you pushing them. And that's abuse. Yeah, I don't, I don't have to be abused. Now, what about mental abuse? Slippery slope, but I agree. But mental abuse, you got to be careful because, you know, that's so subjective. You know, we argued, you called me a name. Oh, my God, I just can't have the mental abuse. He called me out my name. I got to get divorced because I'm losing my mind. You wanted to leave anyway. 
Yeah, you've been wanting to go. So you're just looking for any little out. So he said one thing, I, I'm just overwhelmed. He's just, it's just, it's just so much. No, 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 don't play. Because God knows is what I'm trying to tell you. So there is a such thing as mental abuse. You just stupid B, you no good. And just every, just F, you calling you names and screaming at you and dogging you over and over and over and coming at you and screaming and blah, blah, blah. That, that's literally, that's abuse. That's not the will of God for me. Yeah, you ain't got to slap me to abuse me. But it's very subjective. So be careful because God knows if you're just looking for an out, a terrible argument does not mean because we cuss each other out one time because we just had a bad blowout and we, you know, we just disagree. You know, we just got real tempers. That don't mean that you have grounds for a mental abuse. So really, really just, you know, ask God. OK, so abandonment, abandonment. Uh, I'll never forget. Uh, one of the daughters of the ministry said, Pastor, he'd been over this woman's house for six weeks. What should I do? Oh, my God. <laughs> he said, yeah, she been, he been, he been living with this, you know, he over there at her house. And she asked, what should I, I said, Helfer. No, I didn't say Helfer. <laughs> Helfer. Get to, away from him. Get tomorrow, divorce him. I mean, that's abandonment. He's, he's with somebody else. He's gone. You abandoned me. You left me. You know, you abandoned me. And then a caveat, and I'm done, could be this whole idea of, you know, a person refuses to even try to provide. In a very real sense, you've abandoned my children we over here literally in the cold and the dark. You won't even try to work. You won't even put forth any effort. I don't think it's the will of God to stay with a man who won't attempt to provide. That's the kind of abuse and abandonment to me. Okay, that's what I mean by you have to form your own theology. You have pastors who do not agree with me. They are more straight line, okay? No, you stay no matter what. You married him, you put up with him, you provide for him, you picked him. I just don't go there. So you know, we'll figure out when we get to heaven who's right. I think there's some some, some room there if a person doesn't want to try. Listen, I got to stop. We're just going to keep going. I love this. I pray this is good information for both singles and married couples. Really check it out again, particularly at the top when I talked about a husband and wife should meet each other's needs. Sometimes your needs are too perverted for me to meet. I mean, really revisit that part at the top. If you tuned on late, you got to make sure you rewind because... Uh, you know, I got to meet your needs. I can't meet your needs. You're too nasty. I, I can't meet your needs. You're watching uh, Becky from Oklahoma every night on Instagram or Delicious from from wherever. And she, I can't meet all that. So we got to be careful what we let go in our spirits. It's so much. I'm just going to keep going. Relationships uncut. I need you to comment and say, I'm enjoying this. It's raw. It's real. It's biblically tight. I love you. Jesus love you. Listen, would you help us? Come on. It's throwing up feel. Listen, I don't even want to be deep. I'm not going to do this same appeal every time I get on. Give us some money because this is good. Yeah. Just gift our Running Ministries because you've grown and this is a blessing to you. That's the way my mind works. I teach the word nation that. I go get a steak or some shrimp or my wife and I go to a place that's nice. We don't care about paying for the meal. It was good. And we threw a tip in. So into Ari Vernon Ministries because you're getting some real, you know, stuff that maybe you've been looking to hear that you never heard from this perspective. And of course, it does help us to help people. So I'm asking you 
to be consistent. If it's if it's if it's 20 a week, tithe at your church. Word Nation tithe to the Word Church first. Give, but if you feel like this is good ground, then sow something into our ministry. Would you just put in the comments now? I'm giving. Come on, right now. Build my faith. My team is watching. Come on. I need you. I've never done this, but I'm waiting. I want you to say, I'm giving now. I'm giving now. I'm giving now. I'm giving now. Come on, do it now. It's right there on the screen. Yeah, there are things I need to do in 2023 to help people, and I need you to help me. This is my personal ministry to bless people. It's a major one thing I want to do for somebody that God is leading, and God told me he's going to let me do it. A life-changing check from our ministry to this couple to do something that I think God wants them to do. I want you to help R.A. Vernon Ministries. And as you help us, I believe seriously, God will help you with your greatest needs. So be a blessing to us. I want to pray. And we're coming back next time. Tell everybody, this is the Bible cast you can't miss. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for this word. Thank you for those who are single and married. Let this relevant word bless them. I pray renewal over marriages, God. I pray that singles choose well. I also pray that they wait on you, that they do not become uh, depressed or despondent because of not dating, but use that time to honor and love you. Father, bless every person watching. Thank you for the opportunity to teach and to be a blessing. Let me use whatever mistakes I've made, whatever scriptures I've read, whatever I've learned in school, whatever I've learned pastoring so many people now, God, in this second half, let me use it all to help somebody. Use it, God. Use it for your glory. Everything that you put in me, everything I've learned, God, let me, let me deposit it on people who need it. I speak it now in Jesus' name. Amen. Share this. Comment before you go. Share it with somebody. See you next time. We love you.